Hello, hello, Kristen here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded before the podcast name change. If you hear any old terminology, that's why. Thank you for listening. Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode of the Notable Woman Podcast. Now, I know I have been out of touch and quiet for a while, but I am back in business and I have a number of excellent conversations for you, including today's amazing conversation with Sasha Gray of ScatteredSasha.com. Now, when we first recorded this, Sasha was actually using lipstick, hairspray, and margaritas as the name of her page, and now it is Scattered Sasha. She used to have an e-commerce shop, which she does not have anymore. We talk about some of those things in the episode, so I wanted to give you a heads up. There's lots of really exciting conversation here. And as Sasha's gifts you for listening, she's providing you ways to find joy in your daily life. You can find that at thenotablewoman.com slash Sasha. And as for me, I would love if you would join the Society of NotableWomen.com. It's a place where you can talk to other women who are interested in pursuing this notable life just like you. And Sasha is there as well. Lots of great expert sessions that are recorded in the video section that you can watch. So head on over there. I'm happy to see you. And for now, check out this conversation with me and Sasha Gray. Welcome to the Notable Woman Podcast. Today's interview guest is known as the Glitter Dome Goddess. You can see her every morning at 8-ish on Facebook Live, and that show is called Morning Y'all. And then again, Tuesday nights at the Scattered Sasha Show, 9 p.m. This is all Eastern. She is the one and only Sasha Gray. Please join me in welcoming Sasha. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. I am uh, excited to be here. I know it's going to be totally awesome. <laughs> Let's start by uh, tell me a little bit about you. What do you love and what makes you tick? I think it's pretty much tequila and coffee that makes me tick. Maybe a little bit of popcorn and pizza in there too. And chocolate. Chocolate's good. Uh, <laughs> you know, laughing, and that sounds so cliche, but we all have really sucky days and sucky lives sometimes. And to get to the part where it's not sucky, I really feel like we have to be able to laugh at something. I'm not saying that if you're having a really serious issue that you should laugh through it. But what I'm saying is I try not to take myself too seriously. And it works. I mean, here's a prime example. I was cleaning up the kitchen last night and I dropped the salt, the bowl of salt, because we like to pretend we're fancy like that and have a little pinch bowl of salt. Uh, I don't even know why I don't cook, but my husband's a great cook and he says that's what we need. So, hey, we're on it. But I dropped it and I may or may not have said some curse words. And he said, are you OK? What's wrong? I said, yes, I dropped the salt. And he said, oh, well, that's nothing. I thought you cut off a finger or something. And, you know, <laughs> I can assure you if I'd cut off my finger, he would have known. So to say that you just kind of get through it by not seeing it quite as serious is helpful for me. So does that make me tick? I think it probably does. And a little about me while well, I'm old and I am uh, 
raising a nine-year-old, almost 10-year-old granddaughter, along with my husband. My 85-year-old father lives in our yard. He's not like staked out or anything. He has you know, his own trailer. And uh, my husband travels, so my goal is to know when he's coming home, so I won't shoot him when he comes in the door. If he comes in unexpectedly, he knows better than to do that now. And to try to keep us all clothed and fed you know, before we run out of Pop-Tarts and underwear. That's pretty much who I am. I'm totally had to cover my mouth. Thank you for laughing throughout that. I think it's funny. My husband has a strong reaction to being surprised. And there are various stories throughout our marriage of me catching him off guard and him like running in with weaponry. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, you mm-hmm. you were still home. I thought you had left. Like, oh, what are you? I was three seconds ago that I saw you. Yes, it's it's he knows better now. Let's just say it was a very good um, test run. He, <laughs> he knows better than to to not to, to come in without letting me know. I mean, yeah, I've been trained well because we live out in the boondocks and He travels and I live in an old farmhouse that has a lot of exits and entrances and otherwise known as doors. And, you know, there's woods around and I don't have close neighbors that could hear. I could scream for like 48 days and nobody would hear me. So, yeah, um, I'm well armed and don't be surprising me. (laughs) We will not sneak up on you. I think that is good good advice. (laughs) Now, I would love to talk about your name to start. So... Sasha Gray is Mm -hmm. not your given name. It is a pseudonym. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be what you're called? Absolutely. I was was given a name when I was born, and I don't dislike that name. I I lived with it for 45 years, and it was great. It was great. It's on a lot of documents. However, when our granddaughter, uh, she came to be with us when she was six months old, she'll be 10 um, in April. So very close to where we are. And when she began to speak, let me back up just a minute and say that my husband and I had really cool names picked out because we were not going to be like Nanny and Pop. Not that there's anything wrong with those names, but that wasn't going to be us. We weren't going to be Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, no, we were way too cool for that. (laughs) Nope. We were going to be Mac Daddy and Diva because who doesn't want to be Mac Daddy and Diva, right? Perfect. I thought so, too. And I'll just tell you that there's a lot of little things, little 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 stuff out there that has Diva on it. And all my friends was, were giving me, I got stuff that says Diva all over the place. No more because Diva didn't work. So maybe she was two or something, whatever, whatever your, the age is when you start calling people when you're a child and you start calling people names. I don't remember. Let's say two. And so she grunted out a few things. And about the third thing was Sasha. And it stuck. Now, we don't know anybody named Sasha. We don't have any relatives. We There's no connection. We will never know where she came up with the name Sasha because she doesn't remember because she was two or however old. And I became Sasha to her. And you fast forward a couple more years when she went to school and I was her Sasha. And so I just was everybody's Sasha. And over the past seven or eight years, I have become Sasha. I am Sasha now. And everybody calls me Sasha. Well, occasionally my daddy calls me my given name, but, you know, he calls me a lot of things. So um, <laughs> I am Sasha now. And my husband, Mac, of course, is, is Mac Daddy. So it's Sasha and Mac Daddy. So she gave me the name. A lot of people, when I relate stories that she said something about, hey, Sasha, and they say, oh, she calls you by your given name. 
well, she gave it to me. So, so yeah. So it is a little weird, but I love it. I, I tell her, you know, originally she was not happy that other people were calling me Sasha because I was her Sasha. It's like she's my grandmother, but it was never that word. I was her Sasha. She named me. She gave me that name. So when other people, kids in her class, for example, or the teacher was calling me Sasha, originally she was a little upset. But I said, you know, I love this name so much because you named me. You gave me this name. And I just treasure it. So, yes, I have a pseudonym that was given to me by a three-year-old. I think that's amazing. (laughs) I was really, I I had been wanting to ask that question of you for a while. Mm -hmm. And I... It had sort of envisioned 30 different possibilities, and that was not one of them. (laughs) It was my stripper name. You know, there's so many things. And I have to tell you another story. Please. (laughs) There is a porn star named Sasha Gray. And I just want to point out that had I known that prior, I may have picked some other strange pseudonym to use. But it's much more fun when people say, oh, my God, I Googled your name. Guess what? what yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah that was my former life (laughs) but she's she's still very real so yeah she spells her last name differently that's good so it's a little different (laughs) a little tiny bit but not enough So now I just want you to know that everyone that's listening to your podcast at this very moment is Googling. Yeah, they are. They are. If they're like, you know, if they're walking or something, they're like taking a note. Like, I need to do this when I get back. I need to look this up. Absolutely. (laughs) History, baby. It's on your history. Just be aware of that. Yeah, go incognito, guys, on your browser. This leads me to sort of how you use your fabulous name on the internet. So I came across you in the amazing Boss Moms group, but you are usually Mm -hmm. housed over at Lipstick, Margaritas, and Hairspray. So first we have to talk about how did you come up with that name for your page? You know, if you're going to name your business, I just want to give you a piece of advice. My suggestion would not be to name it at 3 a.m. when you can't sleep, okay? Because at 3 a.m. when I couldn't sleep almost five years ago, naming it Lipstick, Margaritas, and Hairspray seemed like a great idea. I don't sell any of those things. And if I had a dollar for every time I told someone that, no, I don't sell any of those things, well, I wouldn't need to be here right now because when you hand someone a card that says lipstick, margaritas, and hairspray, they're like, oh, great. I need some, you know, extra hold or some top shelf or, you know, whatever. No, mm -mm. no, that's just three things I like. (laughs) You have to remember this. This started almost five years ago. Facebook certainly what it is and that wasn't what it is now. And I just kind of picked those words and they were some things I liked and I wanted to post things that were funny and a few words here and there. And and that's what I named it. As it has gone forward, I think that has brought a lot of people in based on the name. Some are disappointed because it's not a beauty page or a drink page or any of those things, but it has worked. And I have transitioned it along the way to become Scattered Sasha. It, the, the Facebook page will stay Lipstick, Margaritas, and Hairspray, at least for now. That is what uh, fans and, or, or the tribe know me as or people that are looking for it know it as. But I have transitioned the business into Scattered Sasha Um, as opposed to lipstick, margaritas, and hairspray. Amazing. So you brought up your tribe. Let's talk about them for a second. You've got a huge, huge tribe. I do, and I'm very fortunate. Um, There's around, well, when we're we're typing this, around 239,000. And I'll tell you, you know, this tribe, and that's the the best word I, I have for them, 
is this tribe because when you think about what a tribe does, you know, they're all, they stick together and they look at, watch each other's back and they are there to support one another. And they're there to offer advice and inspiration and encouragement. And that's exactly what happens on my page. And I am very, very honored to to have that tribe there. And, and what I say is, um, of course, it's a nice little tagline that I can't remember all the exact words to right this minute, even though I read it, but it's on the right side of my page. If anybody's looking for it, uh, you know, it says it's just a group of, of people that inspire and encourage each other. I just drive the bus and run the gift shop because they are very engaging with each other. There have been offshoots of groups that are Sasha's tribe and there's groups in different States that have um, their Sasha's Michigan tribe and whatever. And so they have become a community amongst themselves. My goal on my page is to offer that encouragement and that inspiration and a, a safe place. I tell them, I'm not going to talk about current events. I'm not going to talk about world news, religion, politics, hate, any of those things. You, if you want that, there are hundreds, if not thousands of places you can find that information 24-7. My page is a safe place where we don't discuss those things. There's there's no There's no hate. There's no judgment. There's no religion, politics, current events. You know, there's a lot of bad things out there. This is the safe place on my page, and they really appreciate that. There's no profanity. There's no nudity. They can open it at work. I mean, they may hear me giggling or snorting or laughing out loud if they have the sound on, but it's a place where they can come and they know they can come and get something that will make them laugh or inspire them or encourage them or make them feel better about themselves and everybody else. Now, you sometimes call this an accidental business. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know, how did this accident <laughs> happen? Well, there was a giant wreck. No, there wasn't. Uh, in my former life, in my other life, you know, I've done a lot of things. I, I said I was old. I'm, I'm almost 54 and a lot of, lot of water under that bridge, let me tell you. But I was in corporate America for a long time, climbed the ladder, the whole bit. And then I said, yeah, no, this is no longer any fun. So I branched out and did some other things, did some direct sales, um, you know, the home party deal, did very well at that, but that wasn't really my end game either. I, I really felt compelled um, to go out and do some motivational speaking. And I, so I did that and I absolutely loved it. I felt like it was where I was supposed to be. However, <laughs> however, I live in a very small town. And so if I was going to do that, I would need to travel, which I did. Now, let's remember my husband travels. I have at the time a four-year-old. And so a couple things happened at the same time. I am getting to the to the point of the story, I, I swear. Uh, <laughs> Tater, which is what I call our almost 10-year-old online, Tater was getting ready to start school or started school. And, you know, they're very specific about attendance. I mean, it's like they want her there every day. <laughs> I get the letter every year. Okay, I know she's been absent. Okay, I get it. So that happened. She started school and had to be there every flipping day. And then the other thing that happened was my mom got sick. And I just simply couldn't travel anymore. Um, so I said, okay, I have to stop that. My husband still traveled. My mom got sick. The kids started school and I was in this perfect storm of, okay. So about 10 months after that or so around there, the next year sometime, I said, I still could use some money. I still need an income. <laughs> I, um, I need tequila and I need um, to pay for my telephone and I just need some income. What am I going to do? because when you're caring for an elderly parent, it's very difficult to have a traditional job. And by traditional, I mean 
Monday through Friday, eight to five or whatever. Uh, it's just difficult to do. I know people do it and I bless them and, and know that how tough that is. And I, I was just limited. So I said, okay, I've got to have some money. <laughs> what am I going to do? And I still, I mean, I had the Facebook page. It had, I don't know, maybe 15,000 folks that had liked it, but it still wasn't, it didn't click with me. Remember, it's not like it is today. It was five years ago. And in, in Facebook and World Wide Web time frame, that's like times a million. So I bought some cups that had one of my funny sayings on them. I, bought, I had to buy a hundred. And I said, I'm going to go to an event, you know, go to a vendor event. I'm going to sell these. I'm going to make some money. So I went out on a limb and I bought a hundred cups. Well, it, it would have been a great plan, except it was an outside event and it rained the entire time and I didn't sell a single cup. I actually gave two away to the friend that helped me. And so I had 98 cups and I thought, well, this is Christmas presents for the next 15 years for all my family members. However, I really need to do something else. So that Sunday I came home. I came home on Saturday. On Sunday, I said, well, I'll just put them on my Facebook page. I don't, I don't know what else to do with 98 cups. And so I just kind of threw them up on my Facebook page as a afterthought. I had not made any plans for, oh, I don't know, shipping, payments, boxes, cost, none of that. I just threw them on my Facebook page and I sold 15 in about five minutes. And I said, hmm, <laughs> perhaps there is something to this. So I lost money on those first 15 because literally I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know about packaging and shipping and all those things. But, you know, I figured it out and fast forward a few months and I was selling cups like crazy. And then Facebook changed the algorithm and they made it a little bit harder, but I kept at it and said, okay, I need to add something else. And so I kept kind of bobbing and weaving and figuring it out and discovered that I could have a cart on my website and I didn't have to take telephone calls with phone numbers. I didn't have to only take orders when I was awake. So those things I kind of figured out until I got enough products. I kept adding products and deleting products and trying things out. And then someone said, oh, when I would say I have a shop and they said, oh, where is it? And I'm like, well, it's in my kitchen table. <laughs> That's where I was shipping everything from. And I realized I had an e-commerce store. So all these things that I learned along the way, it's just been such a learning curve. And so when I say I had an accidental business, it all happened because I needed to buy tequila and pay my phone bill. <laughs> but it it happened because it rained, okay? <laughs> if it had been a fabulous day and I'd sold all those cups, I never would have thought to put them on Facebook. But this e-commerce store has grown um, to a, to a, to my income. That's, I mean, that's what it is. And I've, I've ad products all the time. I, I get rid of stuff. I, you know, check out new vendors. And, and my goal, as an aside, my goal is to find products. First of all, all the products in my shop are exclusive to my shop. I don't go to some big place and buy a bunch of inventory. They're exclusive to my shop. It's something I've either designed and created myself or I've designed and have someone else created for me. My goal is to use small businesses when I can, um, women-owned businesses when I can, uh, and as I look around at the things <laughs> where I sit, almost all of those meet that criteria. I'm very pleased with the things that are in there. Uh, um, I love them all. And so many of them have a very personal meaning to me, like the Giving Grace bracelet and the un Unbreakable Token. The Unbreakable Token literally changed my life. And, and that sounds like a tall tale. I know we've jumped off on some other left field, but that's how it's an accidental business is that it just kept happening 
totally by accident. Not initially nothing that I did to drive it. I'm very intentional now. And once I, I figure it out, I'm very intentional. I, I know exactly, you know, the direction I want it to go most of the time, some of the time. Okay. Occasionally, but I am intentional when I do know and, and you have a plan. Well, you totally went off on the direction I was going to go to. So I wanted to talk about your bracelet and I want to hear more mm -hmm. about this token. So tell us a little bit about the process, how you knew these products were going to work, how you developed them. Like what was the idea and the inspiration? I'll start with the unbreakable token. First, let me say that there are a lot of things that didn't work in the shop. There's been a whole lot of things that I thought were great and they weren't. And that's a part of retail. Again, an accidental retail. Um, and, and, you know, so many times it's like, oh, this is going to sell phenomenally and then nobody gets it. And, and that just happens. But the unbreakable token, it happened um, September 2015. And I wanted something, a, a, a something tangible that people could hold in their hand that would make a difference to them. Now it needed to be something small. I wanted it to be inexpensive. I, have, I had several criteria. I wanted, first of all, I had to, had to find the word. I knew I wanted a word on it, one word. And I tossed around so many words. It took me forever to come up with the word unbreakable. It's not like I created it. I just kept going back and forth. And I also, after I figured out that the word I wanted was unbreakable and what that meant, I had to define how I wanted to convey it. What what item would it be on? You know, somebody's already done it on a rock. Plus, that's pretty heavy. I didn't want to put it on glass. And there's a lot of different things. So my husband is in the wood industry. And he said, I can cut up a log for you. And like, you could carve it in there. I'm like, have you met me? Okay, I don't carve. But <laughs> maybe we can come up with something else. So I found a, a mom and daughter business in Tennessee that create created them for me. It's a small wooden token. It's about an inch and a half. It's like um, a button. Let's use, let's use a button for an example. About an inch and a half around. And it just has the word unbreakable in the middle of it. Okay. There's, there, that is it. There's nothing else to the, the object itself, but it, it's the meaning behind it. And, and when I would post it, I said, you know, this token is what you can look at to know that you're going to get through whatever it is that's happening, whatever it is, it, but you are unbreakable and it's small enough that you could put it in your car, in your pocketbook, in your pocket, on your desk, in your wherever, hold it in your hand, but know that you are unbreakable and you are going to get through whatever this is. So with each of them, it comes in a little nice little organza bag and it has the, the, a little note card with it that says you are unbreakable and a couple other things on there. And so what happened was I got, I ordered 30. Again, you never know. I ordered 30 and I was so excited when I got them because I loved it so much. I snapped a picture of it really quickly and I put it on my page. And within like 30 minutes, I sold all 30 of those. And I called my vendor the next day. I said, well, I need to order like a hundred more. And before I could even confirm that order, I had sold those hundreds. So I knew at that moment this was good. But that's not where the story ends. Probably over the next four months, I sold a thousand, but that's not where the story ends either. What happened in those four months is that I got message after message after message after email after email after email of people telling me what a difference that little token made in their lives. I had one lady say she gave it to a candidate in her town that she supported. 
I can't, I think it was, it doesn't matter what it was for, whatever the office was. And he won and when not, not because of my token, <laughs> but when she saw him after the election, he said, I never took it out of my pocket. I had a story from a mom who ordered four, one for herself and one for each of her children, one for her son who she didn't know when to give it to, but when he was getting ready to leave for the military, she handed it to him and he said, what's this? You know, typical guy. <laughs> and she said, Remember this always. You are unbreakable. He sent her a letter when he could. That's like a month later, I think. And he said, I understand it now. And I have carried this with me the whole time I was in basic. I get real emotional when I think about it. But those things changed how I looked at what I was able to do in this world. Not that I'm some fabulous, glamorous know-it-all. That's not what I mean. But because I was able to do that and make such a difference in other people's lives, I realized that I could do it again. That's a beautiful story. So, you know, you go through and you, you find those things and it touches such a raw emotion that changed how I looked at my business and how I looked at my page and how I looked at life. I know that sounds crazy to say, but that seriously was a life changing item. Now, I still post sarcastic, funny things because, hey, it's all about laughter, right? But I really felt strongly that we don't lift each other up enough. We don't encourage each other enough. If something this small could make that big a difference, oh my gosh, what if something was bigger? Couldn't that make a huge difference? So the things in my shop begin to take on that kind of feel, feel good kind of things, you know, they're still funny things. I mean, you know, the cup right now says toss sass around like confetti. So there's still funny things, but the given grace bracelet, one of my favorite things to say is give yourself grace because <laughs> you got to start with yourself to give yourself grace. And I think, again, we're, we're really hard on ourselves. And so give yourself grace for whatever it is that you're feeling bad about or troubled about or anything like that. I want, I tell people to give themselves grace and another story. I hope I can get through this. Oh my gosh, Kristen. I popped on a live video one mid afternoon day, uh, as opposed to night. And <laughs> I had just felt compelled to say to everybody, Hey, give yourself grace. I actually started it by saying, I have two things to tell you today. <laughs> the first one is I really like tacos. Okay. The second one is a reminder to give yourself grace. Well, I got a message from someone who said they were really struggling with the reason they were on this earth and that message they felt was just for them. And they were going to continue on and give themselves grace and, and um, keep going. That's beautiful. So I felt compelled to create something that was tangible as a reminder. And so I found a vendor in California, single mom of three boys who hand stamps each bracelet. And it's a very thin aluminum um, tag with the word give with the words giving grace and a little heart after it. And it's a poly cord. It's very simple. It will fit anyone because it's adjustable. It's um, inexpensive and they can wear it to always remind themselves to continually giving themselves grace. That's why I chose those words, giving grace, because it's a continual thing. You know, you can give yourself grace today and then tomorrow, guess what? You're going to need to do it again. So giving grace was a very intentional word choice. Giving was the very intentional word choice. I want them to continue giving grace. And then if they wanted to give it to someone else, they were giving grace that way too. 
Beautiful. I love the bracelet and I love the little story that you had included. Now, I want to ask, because when you first started your page and got into all of this, Facebook Live was not a thing, which it is now. Yeah. So how do you end up incorporating that into what you do? Well, I'm lazy. That's pretty much um, <laughs> how it happened. I have a very active page and I post uh, if, because I'm a little ADD and OCD and probably add some other initials behind there. For me personally, I have to have a schedule. That's just how I work. So every morning I was posting something and it was typically a story or something that had happened. I mean, it wasn't any great literary (laughs) masterpiece, but it was just some things. And one morning I was lazy and I said, you know, I could just video this and it would be much easier. And this was before live. So I popped up in my laptop, hit the camera and videoed my morning message, bedhead and all. And I said, the snitwiggle trolls, which is what I called the things that obviously played in my hair at night. Um, they saw them front and center. They were lovely looking. My hair was lovely. And I just did a little quick 10 or 15 minute video. And then I would schedule it or post it on my Facebook page around eight o'clock. I had been doing that for months, months and months before Facebook Live ever showed up. And then it started showing up for celebrities. And I just pleaded my case to Facebook as best you can to say, hey, please let me have that elusive Facebook mentions blue check. I want to go live too. And they didn't. Uh, But they did allow it to be used by everyone. So the day it was, uh, I was allowed to use it. I immediately went live. I had already been doing it for months as a recorded video. So it felt no different to me. The only difference was people could then comment and, and talk back to me, so to speak. Uh, and that started last year, I think around April, May, maybe I'm not positive, uh, late April, maybe May. And then a friend of mine was doing a, uh, she doesn't anymore, or I would plug her show, a weekly thing where she just called it something on whatever night it was and and had a little show, 10 or 15 minutes. I said, hey, that's a good idea. I should do that too. So I decided to do it on Tuesday and that started on May 31st. And I have done, I think this is episode, um, I don't know what it is right now. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is between May 31st and now (laughs) is how many every week. I think I've skipped two, maybe three weeks, one at Christmas. And I have had an hour long scattered Sasha show every Tuesday at nine. So it, it, Again, accidental business. (laughs) Your show's fabulous. It's so fun. I'll definitely put the schedule in the show notes so people can watch you. Thank you. Now, what are you working on right now? So many things. You know, my brain, the ADD brain just floats around like like a butterfly, (laughs) touching little corners of vacant spaces, (laughs) saying, hey, try this. Hey, try this. My forever fabulous course of the journey is happening right now. Uh, And that... (sighs) You know, I saw so many courses for so many different things. And what I wanted this to be was a journey, a six-month journey that people could launch with me and they would gain self-confidence. They would learn how to deal with difficult people. They would learn how to break down the barriers that they've created themselves. You know, the tagline is fueled by caffeine and laughter. Forever Fabulous is a six-month joy-filled journey sprinkled with sass, a dash of sarcasm, and a whole lot of love leading to a more confident you. So it is a six-month journey. It's all in a Facebook group. They get a ton of stuff with it, and I'm just so thrilled about that 
um, option for me. It kind of takes me back to the motivational humor speaking that I was doing, but I'm able to do it at a much more intimate level. I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm very proud of how it's how it's going and how it's um, how it's working. Uh, the book is always in the back of my head. There's several. <laughs> they can actually read the first couple of chapters of one of them. Now, let me just say this. It's not a Pulitzer Prize literary masterpiece. It is a hokey southern mystery comedy that's a good beach read or a weekend read (laughs) and um they can read the first couple of chapters of that as i work on that and then the glitter dome boss the accidental business um hopefully will be out very soon as well and there's all there's always new stuff coming to the shop (laughs) i have a feeling i'll always be updating your show notes page with something else that you have going on (laughs) be like a weekly activity. I was really impressed with your price point too. I think it's really great and that a lot of people are going to get to take it and that's awesome. Well, and let me just speak to that for just a moment. I felt very strongly that I wanted it to be affordable. That is why, yes, it is a very reasonable rate. Plus, if that's not something you can do, you can pay monthly. You know, I wanted it to be something that anyone could take. It's awesome. It's really, really wonderful. It really shows that you really do care about the people that you're trying to work with. And I appreciate that as a person that hopes that someday <laughs> people will do that for me. And absolutely, I, I want to know, uh, I haven't read the first few chapters of your book yet, but everything about it sounds like something I want to read. Now, do you have a title for this yet? Or is it still in the working title phase? There's not a title right now. It says books to be and, and the character's name is Savannah Oaks Sullivan. And um, that's all it says at the moment now. So I don't have a title for it. Ideally, I would like for it to be a series starring her, uh, Savannah. And so I'm not real clear on the title yet. Awesome. I look forward to I have to go and get those first few chapters, but I want to. I know I'm going to want to read that book because it sounds just like everything I love. We are in the fabulous Super You group together. And obviously mm-hmm. you're a star. So I asked some folks in advance of this, what might be some questions they would want to hear. <laughs> so this is a, a little abnormal, but can you tell us about you got married at a racetrack? <laughs> I did get married at a racetrack. Um, we were living in Arkansas at the time and we wanted to get married. We, Oh, did I just, we, it's possible we were, living and and living in sin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So we said, said we should get married and, um, nobody that we knew was in Arkansas. We had gone there for my husband's business, his work transferred in there. And we thought perhaps we should have some people that knew us at the wedding. So we had season tickets to a NASCAR race. And so his family was coming and, and my family was there and we said, well, let's just get married there. And it, you know how those things happen. <laughs> I'm sure they happen to other people. You just say, okay, let's get married at this racetrack. So this was 24 or five years, a long time ago. And so email didn't exist. Cell phones didn't exist. And so I wrote a letter to the owner of the track and said, Hey, can we get married at your racetrack? Maybe in victory lane, maybe at the start finish line, maybe on race day. And they wrote back and said, sure, victory lane sounds good. So all that happened back and forth with letters, mail, U.S. mail, snail mail, the whole bit. And we arrived on a Friday. We went to the track, said, yep, this is going to be it. And we luckily there was a magistrate that worked there, just like a side job. She worked at the track or maybe the magistrate was a side job. I'm not really sure which, but she said, sure, I'll marry you. And then we have to go to the courthouse to get our license. And, you know, it's like, where where are you getting married? Eh. Victory Lane. So 
the big day comes and there's 13 of us, we had to get, because of security, we had to give them everyone's name that was in the wedding party, quote unquote. I'm doing air quotes, the wedding party, which meant our friends and family that had come. And there were 13, 15 with us. And so (laughs) the only vehicle they had that could transport us from the parking lot of the racetrack through security around the track in two victory lane (laughs) was a sheriff's prison transport van. (laughs) So there's no, it's true. I had never been in a prison transport van. And in case any of your listeners haven't, there's no, there's no door handles. There's there's like bars on the windows. It was really classic. So we get out, we're just taking pictures with, you know, beside the van because we think it's hilarious. And finally we get up to victory lane, which I mean, um, yeah, victory lane, which is really just, like a flat top of a roof that's got a big victory on there. And there's everybody up there. And we're just standing around because we've not practiced any of this, of course. And the magistrate says, we need to kind of get started here before the race starts. Oh, yeah, okay. So we pull out our vows and we're reading them. It's very non-traditional. And in the middle of it, some race driver's helicopter lands behind us and we have to stop. And like, it's okay. <laughs> we finish up and the magistrate says, The only thing I need to make this legal is $10, which is a bargain when you think about it. Well, nobody, I didn't have $10. I was wearing a wedding dress. I mean, come on. Do you think I had stashed $10 or something? No. We're just digging around. Hey, you got a dollar? Anybody got any money? Because luckily my husband's sister had like five bucks. Somebody else had a few dollars and we managed to scrape together $10. So it would be legal. And then we all get in the transport van and go back around, change clothes and go watch the race. (laughs) That is I think the best wedding story I've ever heard. <laughs> and the next year we went back and we saw the, the two sheriff's deputies that drove the van. And we said, hey, you remember us? You drove us around. Oh, you're still married. Yep, still married. <laughs> Imagine that. That is so amazing. Okay, the next question I actually don't understand. You're going to have to explain to me. Um, what is Jabu? Jabu? It's Jabu. 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 So my husband's a little... Mm, strange. He really likes odd, eclectic things. So we're in New Orleans, New New Orleans, I can say that. And we're in, um, is it the French market? I can't remember now, but that sounds right. French Quarter. Thank you. And we're just cruising around looking at stuff. And I had found this leather backpack pocketbook. That's a purse for anyone who's not from the South. And I really wanted it. And I couldn't. I was looking for my husband. Where, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? I left it. I, I laid it down and I went looking for him. And I found him in this little vendor booth. And this vendor booth had a whole bunch of wooden things. Okay. And he's in heavy negotiations <laughs> with the vendor guy. And he's looking at this, this carving, this hideous carving of some person-like thing. And it's like, oh, look at this. We got to get this. Oh, this is great. And I'm like, what? That thing. Are you kidding me? And so the vendor guy is trying to convince me. It's, oh, yeah, it's a, it's an old African carving sculpture. It's ancient. It's been handed down from generations. And my husband's like, oh, yeah, I got to get it. I got to get it. And I'm like, dude, there are carpet tacks from 1960 Naugahyde couch in its base. Are you kidding me? Oh, no, no, no. That's just an update. Well, and so Mac says, well, I don't have that kind of cash with me right now. And the guy says, well, there's an ATM right over there. And Mac's like, okay, let's go. And so the guy says, hey, will you stay here with my booth? I'm going with him to the ATM. Sure. I know it's important that you go with him to make sure he comes back. Forget about leaving his wife there because, you know, he's coming back for me. So they go off to, to the ATM, come back. 
Matt gives him money. He picks up who he is named Jabu, and we cart around, cart Jabu around New Orleans. He feeds him some popcorn, guys him a cigar, and now he sits prominently in our living room. And I later found out he paid three hundred dollars. <laughs> For this hunk of wood that was probably carved in the guy's backyard two days before the event. And it has like little, um, all kinds of things. There's some playing cards. There's European money. There's a carcass of a rat. There's a cigar. There's some feathers. Any kind of strange things sit at Jabu's shrine now. Yeah, it's really strange. That kind of sounds like something my husband would do. So <laughs> He has not yet. So that's Jabu, yeah. That is awesome. I definitely, I was like, I have no idea what this is, but because I don't know, I'm going to have to ask. So Jabu lives in our living room now, and um, he says, yeah, hey, you know, Jabu's good luck. Okay. Maybe it's like rub Jabu's foot or something before you go. I don't know. There's a rabbit's foot there. Maybe we could rub that. <laughs> so my last question from the peanut gallery is actually for me. So I just found out today that your dog's name is Whiskey. And so I must ask, <laughs> what is your favorite whiskey? You know, I'm a Jack Daniels girl, but I really, really, really like that peach Evan Williams. Right now, that peach, that peach whiskey mixed with some lemonade. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, I didn't always drink whiskey. I really started only drinking it about, um, I don't know, eight or so years ago. Mainly, I think it makes me sound badass when I go in a restaurant and ask for it on the rocks. But I, <laughs> can I say that on here? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you, you definitely can. I, <laughs> I really like the taste of it. I've never been a really fruity, sweet drink person. I love a margarita, of course. I mean, that's like the number one. But I really like to sip on some whiskey mixed with something. I, I can't do a straight. Uh, Matt can. He's, he's a scotch man. He drinks that with one ice cube. But I will mix it with lemonade or even Pepsi. I know it's supposed to be Coke, but, you know. And I just really like the taste of it. Jack Daniels honey is probably right there at the top. Yeah, Jack Daniels honey. It's some good stuff. <laughs> I am only recently started with the Evan Williams whiskey, but it's very good. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Evan Williams is wonderful, too. I think just just this past Christmas was my first time having it. And I said, why, why are mm -hmm. you new to me? We should we should know, know. each other. Yeah. You should try the peach. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to put it on my list for my next shopping trip. Mm -hmm. With some lemonade. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'd love to ask my final round of questions. What is the biggest assumption that people make about you? Oh, gosh. I think they see this gray-haired old lady and don't know that I know <laughs> a few things. I do have purple in my gray hair, so maybe that helps a little bit. But, I mean, I'm certainly, I don't mean to say that I'm, I know it all, but I think, you know, they, they have a perception of, of an older person, gray-haired old lady kind of thing. And I think that's a misjudgment on their part. I would say absolutely, absolutely it's a misjudgment. <laughs> now, what would be one takeaway you'd want people to get from this podcast episode? <sighs> to give themselves grace. I mean, that's the biggest thing to me right now. There's so much going on in the world and there's so much happening in everybody's life that it's overwhelming and you have to give yourself grace to get through every day sometimes. And so just as a reminder, uh, it has nothing to do with sales from me or sales from anyone else, but inside you have to be able to give yourself some grace. I mean, I see it. I see it every day when people are overwhelmed and talking about what they have going on and what's happening and how they're dealing with it and the guilt they feel for insert reason. And I just feel very strongly that 
that they need to to give themselves grace and find someone in their world that will be their person for support and encouragement. Now, do you happen to have a book you'd like to recommend to the Notable Woman audience? You know, I don't. And that sounds really bad to say because while I used to be a big reader, it was always fiction. So I don't have one that I would recommend, but I will say this. If you're a reader, get lost in some fiction. Um, I happen to know a really good campy, hokey story coming out soon. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, the reason I loved reading fiction so much is is the variety of places I could go and brains I could get into and and surprise I could feel and shock and amazement and even disappointment I could feel by reading someone else's words. And, and because I'm a writer, if you ask me what I do, first and foremost, I'm a writer. I write sometimes only on Facebook, but I'm still a writer. And so reading other people's words and seeing how they weave them into this story was always fascinating for me. So find someone that you resonate with and read everything they write. You know, that would be my suggestion. I don't have a specific book, but I would, I would just encourage people to go out and try a different genre than they are used to or a different author. You mentioned reading everything that someone's written. Is there someone who you've read everything they've written that you really like? Most of mine are mysteries. So Janet Ivanovich, she's a huge fan of hers in the Stephanie Plum series. Um, James Patterson, Sandra Brown, um, Sue Grafton. Uh, you know, the list is long. Mary Higgins Clark, Carol Higgins Clark. You know, all the, the mysteries that feature strong women sometimes. James Patterson, I can't read everything he writes. Let me just tell you, he's a little too harsh, harsh for me sometimes. But I love I love a lot of his. The I can't remember the character right now, but the author has passed away. And uh, Robert Parker, uh, I loved his stuff as well. He had several different um, characters that he wrote series on, and I liked those a lot as well. Amazing. I, I like a lot of those. I don't think I've ever read anything by Robert Parker, but I've read I've read at least some things by everybody. I think I've read everything Janet Ivanovich mm -hmm. has written. She's phenomenal. I adore her, and I don't. I've I've you know James Patterson, Mary Higgins Clark, Carolyn Higgins Clark, Sue Grafton. I've read probably like half of everything, mm -hmm. but not everything. So it's always something. And but Robert Parker, none. So thank you for sharing that. So I have somebody else to go search out. How can people get in touch with you if they want to connect? Oh, secret ninja code. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, they can find me a whole host of places. I'm on Facebook as Lipstick Margaritas and Hairspray, and I am there every day. I post about 15 times a day, plus go live. And they can always message me there. The best way on the page, rather than just posting to the page, is to send me a private message if they need to get in touch with me. On my website is scatteredsasha.com, and there's a place to contact me there as well. That's the two best ways. I'll get those, both of those um, either way. Lady, thank you so much. I am so blessed that I've gotten to know you and experience your awesomeness, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. I hope you have a just amazing evening. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it so much, and it was my pleasure. And there you have it. What a wonderful conversation. I enjoy Sasha so much. I appreciate her take on the world. I appreciate her beliefs. And I hope that you too decide to give yourself grace today for whatever you need it for. 
Now, again, just a reminder that Sasha has a wonderful, wonderful guide for you about finding joy in your everyday. And you can find that at thenotablewoman.com slash Sasha. And also, I would love to see your beautiful face in the Society of Notable Women, which you can find at the Society of notablewomen.com and there's also a link off of the show notes page for this very episode. I appreciate you. I hope that you have the most beautiful day and I'll see you again on the flip side.